Baba Kamad of Kofiot Het, the last thing we were discussing was the Mishnah at the bottom of Kofiot Zahamudibet in regards to someone who stole a land and then uh, the river overflowed and destroyed it. You uh, could tell him here you have it in front of you. We saw Braita that Rabbi Lazar said land can be stolen. You have to pay him for the land. You have to give him another land. And according to Hachamim, land cannot be stolen. And you tell him here it's in front of you. Rabbi Lazar proves his point from a Ribuyan and and Hachamim learned it from a Klalu Pratuchlal. And with that, we're going to start Kofiot Het Amud Aleph, second line in by the Mishnah. Hagozelet Haverov, someone stole something from his friend, or Shehilva Hemenor, he borrowed, should be Shehilva Hemenor, he borrowed money from him, or Shehifkid, or if his friend gave him something to watch for him. If any of these things happen, by Yishuv in a populated land, in a place where there's people, you don't have to give it back in in, air, in the desert, meaning a place where it's not guarded, a place where there's nobody there. So the thief or the borrower cannot force the owner to take the money in this type of place because it's not guarded. And if he did give it back, he forced the money back in the, in the owner's uh, hands. Then if anything happens to that money, he's still responsible for it. That's the way the Meir explains it. Now, but if at the time where he got the money, he told him, "I'm taking the, I'm taking this, but I'm going to give it back to you in the desert." Okay, then you could uh, give it back in the desert. And the Gemara starts. We have a Braita that contradicts our Mishnah. The Braita says, You could pay back a loan wherever it is, even in the desert. But if you stole something or something got lost, you have to give it back to the area where you found, where the person is, meaning not in the desert, which goes against our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, a loan you have to give back in a populated area. Over here in the Braita, it says, even in deserts. So, Amar our Mishnah is telling, is, is telling us where the borrower or the person watching it, where could he give it back? The Braita is telling us where the, the lender or where the owner could ask for it. And this is what the Braita is trying to say. A person could ask back for money that he is owed anywhere he wants, even in the desert. But the Baritashan explained that when it comes to a lost object or a deposit, you can't ask for it anywhere you want. You can only ask for it in the place where, where it was given. The difference is very simple. When it comes to money, money is everywhere. You, you could expect money to, to be on a person even when he's in the desert. But, but when it comes to an actual item, you don't expect it to be in the desert. So you have no right to ask for it in an area like the desert, only in the area where you gave it them to watch or it was found. Next, we learned in Mishnah that if the person said, if when he gave him the money, it was on condition, we're going to go out to the desert and I'll pay you over there when we get there, then you could do that. Now, Peshita, what's the problem? If, if that was a deal, that was a deal. The Quran explains, no, we need it. The Amar Leh, the person giving the money told uh, the person watching it, listen, let this be by you, I'm going out to the desert. And the person watching it said, I also want to go out to the desert, meaning I'm going on the same trip. And when he says, I'm going on to the desert with you, I'm going on the same trip with you, what he's really trying to say is, 
What he's really trying to say is, if I want to give it back to you over there, I'm going to give it to you over there, and it's going to count. Next, Mishnah. A person told his friend, I stole something from you, or you lent me money. You told me to watch something for you. And I don't remember if I gave it back to you or not. There's a suffix, we have to pay back. But if a person says, I don't know if I stole from you, I'm not sure if you lent me money, I'm not sure if you told me to watch something for you, Patur Milashalim doesn't have to pay. And the Gemara starts, Itmar. It was said, Maneli if a person said, uh, You owe me money, I lent you money, I gave you something to hold. And the person says, I don't know. The reason Rav Huna v'Rav Yehuda Amrei Hayav is because Bari v'Shemeh Bari Adif. When someone says something and they're sure about it, and the other person's not sure about it, okay, we go by the person who's sure. Rav Nachman v'Rav Yehuda Amrei Patur because okay, Mamona b'Chizkat Mare. We're gonna leave the money when by by the Hazaka whoever it's by. Meaning your complaint is not strong enough without any proof to get the money out of his hands. He's holding his money. That's a bari versus a bari. So there's there's a suffix here, and we're not going to take out the money without uh, without more than just a claim. Now Tosafot over here brings down that the halacha is like Rav Nachman when it comes to dinim, and he should be patur. But we do make him swear that he doesn't know what happened. Same rules as anyone else who denies a full claim. Now, on the other hand, the Rabbeinu Tam explains that you cannot force him to swear when there's no uh, loss of money or there's no uh, strong enough claim to make him swear. And Rabbeinu Tam said he can't swear. On the other hand, he would allow the other Dayanim to let the, the person swear, but he himself wouldn't go that way. And Rabbeinu Hai Gaon was posek the same thing like Rabbeinu Tam, that you can't force him to swear but on the other hand, they put him in this uh, conditional harem, meaning if you do owe him and you're lying about it, we're going to put you in harem. But if you don't owe him, then you're not under harem. So they put him in this, somewhere in that uh, safek harem sort of thing just to scare him. So now the Gemara has a question on Rav Yehuda and uh, Rav Huna, who said that he has to pay because Bari Shema, Bari Adif. So Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, If someone said, listen, I, 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 I'm not sure if you lent me money or not, he's patur, he doesn't have to pay. So what do you mean he doesn't have to pay? If the lender is not asking for his money, then the Resha, where he said, uh, you, uh, you lent me money, I'm not sure if I paid it back, then Resha Nami, then we're also talking about the Resha where the lender is not making any claim, he's not asking for the money. If that's the case, Amai Hayav, then why does he have to pay? Ela, rather, we have to say that the Mishnah is talking about the Katavale, where he's asking for his money. He says, Hey, I gave you money, I want it back. The Sefa says, Patur you don't have to pay. And that argues on Rav Huna and Rav Yudau say that he's Hayav to pay. So the Gemara explains, uh, no, our Mishnah is not talking about where he asked him for the money. No, it could be that he didn't ask him for the money. And the Resha, where he says you have to pay, 
even though he's not asking for the money, it's a person who wants to do the right thing. He wants to have himself covered from the Shemaim. Meaning, he knows he, he borrowed the money, or he knows he stole, he's just not sure if he gave it back. Okay, to be from the Shemaim, you give it back. In the Sefa, where nobody's sure about anything, I don't know if I stole, I don't know if I gave it back, a whole bunch of I don't know, then he doesn't even have to give to be a Sefa Shemaim. And Itamar Nami was also said like that. Amar Rabbi Hayyab Araba, Amar Rabbi If someone says, you owe me money, the other one says, I'm not sure. Hayav bebad latzeti de shamaim. If he wants to be a Tzedehova from the Shemaim, he doesn't want the Shemaim to have anything on him, then you have to pay back. And that's only if the, the person making a claim is 100% sure of his claim. Next, Mishnah. If someone stole a sheep from the herd and gave it back, and the sheep ended up dying, or someone else stole it, he is still responsible for it. As long as the original owner didn't know about it, then you're responsible. If the owner didn't know about him stealing it, not giving it back, so he just, you know, he stole it and gave it back in the same night, the guy didn't know about it. And in the morning, they counted the herd and it's complete, meaning nothing is missing. At that point, the thief is exempt from paying because uh, the, the, uh, the owner counted, he took stock that everything is there, and that means he knows that it was back. And like my thoughts, Amar Rav, Rav holds, if someone stole something, the owner knew about him stealing it, then when he gives it back, the owner has to know about it. If he stole it without the owner's knowledge, it's enough for the owner to wake up in the morning, count his sheep, and then if everything is there, then the story is over and the thief is exempt if anything happens. And when the sefa says, and if they count the sheep and you see it's complete, that's going on the second part where you stole it without them knowing and they counted, then everything's okay, he's exempt. That's Rav's interpretation of the Mishnah. Ushmuel Amar, Shmuel interprets the Mishnah as follows. Ben ledat, ben ledat, minyan poter. Whether the owner knew about him stealing, didn't know about it, knew about it, didn't, it doesn't make a difference. If he wakes up in the morning and he counts them out the, the sheep and everything's there, patur. He doesn't have to pay. And when the Sefa says, and if they count the sheep and everything's complete patur, that's going akula, that's going on the entire Mishnah, whether he knew about the stealing, didn't know about the stealing, doesn't make a difference. That's uh, that's Shumuel. So that, now we're up to number three. If the owner knew that it, the sheep was stolen and he counts in the morning, then the thief is patur. But if he stole without the, the owner knowing, then you don't even need the, the, the owner to count. I mean, he didn't know it was stolen. He didn't know it was given back. He just, it just That's enough. You don't even need the owner to count and take stock. And when we said that if he counted the sheep and it's complete patur, that's going aresha. That's going on a situation where the owner knew it was stolen. Number four, Rav Hasda Amar Ledat Minyan Poter he holds, he's very strict over here. He holds, if the owner knew that it was stolen, then in the morning he needs to count and see that everything's there, and then the thief is exempt. But if he didn't know about it, if the owner didn't know that it was stolen, then it's more strict, because you have to give it back, and the owner has to know about it. 
וכי קטנה ומנו את הצאן והיא שלמה על אישה עני, and according to Rav Hasda, when the Mishnat end says, and they counted the herd and everything is there, it's complete, that's going on the first part where he knew it was stolen, so he knew who gave it back. And Amarava might amad the Rav Hasda, what's Rav Hasda's reason? Ho'il ve'anketa nigre baraita, Rav Hasda's reason is as follows, because once you stole this sheep, this cow, whatever you stole, the this sheep and cow now knows how to leave. He, he now got used to living outside the herd, and now it's going to look for a way to get out. It's going to be easier for it to sneak out. And now the owner has to keep an eye on it a little bit more. He has to safeguard it a little bit more so it doesn't run away. And since he never knew it was stolen, he doesn't know to protect it a little bit more. So Rav Hasda's reason to be Mahmir is because you made this man's life harder without letting him know. The Gemara asks, Did Rabbi really say this? That if the thief knew about it just counting his patur? If someone saw someone stealing a sheep from his uh, from his uh, herd, or he took a clump of dirt and threw it at him, and we don't, and the owner of the sheep doesn't know if the the thief uh, put it back, didn't put it back. And by the time he got there, umet on ignav, it was it died or something happened. He got stolen. Hayav baharito. The thief is responsible. Why? Because you even if he gave it back, that wasn't good enough. My love. Now, aren't we saying that afal gav demane? Even though the owner of the sheep counted them and he saw that they're complete, you're still responsible to pay. We could say he's only respo- the thief is only responsible to, to pay is when the owner didn't count. Now, here's another question. Did Rav really say that no matter what the situation, the owner needs to, uh, to, to count or he has to know about it? Didn't Rav said that if someone stole a sheep from someone's herd, and he gave it back to the owner's herd, but when they're in the desert, it counts. Meaning, even though the owner doesn't know that you gave it back, and they didn't count the sheep, but once you put it back with the rest of the herd, it counts. So, Amarav Baraba, Rav Rav agrees in the case of a, a special type of sheep. Let's say it's the type of sheep with spots that are very wide, so we know the sheep. Meaning, the owner right away knew that this sheep was stolen, and when it was put back with the herd, the the shepherd who was watching it for the owner realized right away it came back. And that's why it counts even without counting. So now the Gemara asks, let's say this machloket that Amoraim had is the same machloket as Tanaim had. We have a bright that says, If someone steals a sheep from a herd, uh, money from a wallet, Bishmael says, You have to return it back to wherever you stole it from. You don't have to tell the owner. You have to, the owner has to know about it. Originally, everyone thought that everyone holds like a bitzhak. Rabbi famously said, A person usually fills his pocket, his wallet, every hour. Meaning, if, if something would have been stolen and put, put back, he would have knew about it. And that would have been uh, like as if he counted. Now, my love, aren't we going to say that there's really there's two mahlukit here? Number one is that in the case of the, the money that was stolen from the wallet, we're going to say, 
if the owner knows about it, meaning counting it, does that count as uh, as uh, knowing about it and the thief is now exempt? We're going to say it's the same as Rav and Shmuel, that Rabbi Shmuel holds like Shmuel, that counting is good enough, and Rabbi Akiva holds like Rav, that counting is not good enough. And the same thing with the sheep, but you steal it, you put it back without the owner knowing about it. That Rabbi Shmuel holds like Rabbi Hanan, that once you put it back, you don't even need the owner knowing about it, you don't even need him counting it. And Rabbi Akiva held like of Hasda that no, he has to know it was uh, it was stolen, not not even good enough to count. And Amar of Zavid Mishemed Rava, no, you could always say Bishomesh Shegarav Meshud Be'alim Kolei Alma Lo Plige Kederav Hasda. When it's a Shomer, a person who's supposed to be watching something, if he steals something from the owner and. No one would argue, everyone would agree, like Rav Hasdad, that he has to know about it. The owner has to know that it was stolen. And you have to let him know that he gave it back. Vehachan, this is in regards to stealing the sheep or the, or the, the money from the wallet. We're talking about a Shomer, a person who's watching something for someone who stole it. Meaning he stole it from one pocket to the other, and uh, now the question is, is giving it back to the other pocket. So he stole it from the right pocket, put it in the left pocket. Uh, left pocket. Now he changed his mind. He wants to put it back in the right pocket. Is that good enough or not? Rabbi Akiva holds that once he stole it, that's it. He stopped being a shomer, and even if he put it back, it's not good enough. And uh, the owner has to know about it. And uh, if anything happens in the meantime, uh, he's responsible. That the Shmirah didn't finish, meaning until the owner asks for it and he doesn't have it, until that happens, uh, he's still responsible over it as a Shomer. And therefore, even if you move it from right pocket to left pocket, left pocket back, okay, he's uh, he's still a, a Shomer. So now the Gemara asks, Lema minyan poter tanaei. So the Gemara tries something else. Let's say this whole concept of if the owner counted it and he found it's complete. Let's say this is a machloket going back to the tanaim. The tanya hagozot haverov. Someone stole, let's say, money from his friend. And he gave it back to him, but through a uh, roundabout way. Let's say. He stole a hundred zoos from someone. Now he's buying something else that's worth a hundred zoos. And he says, you know, I like you so much. Here's 200 zoos. It makes him look like he's generous. But really what he's trying to do is pay back uh, that theft that he stole from him without letting him know. We have one bright that says, okay, he returned it. That's it. He's exempt if anything happens. And you have another bright that says, no, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't do his obligation of returning it back. And if, if anything happens, he's responsible. They originally wanted to understand, wanted to say that everyone agrees to Rabbi Tzhak, who famously said that a person feels his pocket every hour, and therefore, when he, when this person gives him more money back, he realizes that he got his money back and that he paid back the theft. My love, beha Savar minyan poter, umande amar loyatsa savar minyan no poter. 
are we going to say that the machloket really is that according to one who says, okay, by giving it back in a roundabout way, it counts as giving it back. He holds that uh, the owner counting is that's enough and he would be exempt. And according to the one who says that, uh, no, he didn't uh, give it back. He held that just counting it does not count as giving it back. So Amre, they said in the yeshiva, look, look, if we everyone held that kerbitz hak, that we agree that a person feels his pocket every hour and he's going to count it, and no one would argue that counting is good enough. Ela bidrebitz hak, if forget these brayot are arguing in rebitz hak himself. More itle the one who says he's patur, he holds like a bitzhak, the person felt it, and therefore he counted, and therefore he realized it was back, and therefore the thief is patur. More let le and the one who said no, he didn't give it back, if he doesn't hold every a person, he holds that a person does not put his hand in his pocket to, to count his money every five seconds, and therefore he didn't know it was given back, and therefore you, you would have, you're still responsible. Or you could say, Everyone holds up a bit's and there's no contradiction between the braytot. The braytah that says patur, that means he gave it back, and that said he's exempt now from anything else that happens. That's where the thief counted the money and he put it into the, the person he stole from his pocket. And we know he's going to one day count it and he's going to realize there's more money, and that's why he's exempt. And the Braita that says he's still responsible, we're talking about a situation where the thief counted it, put it into the hand of the person he stole it from, and we don't know what that person's going to do. It's not like you, you put it on his pocket and he's going to feel his pocket. It could be he's going to put it in, in an envelope, he's going to put it in a box, he's going to put it in a bank account, and he's not going to realize how much uh, money he had. So that's the second way. Here's a third option. Both, but I thought we are talking about a situation where the thief counted the money, put it in the person he stole from his pocket. It all depends if the person he stole from has other money in his pocket or not. If he has other money in his pocket, then he's not going to realize how much more he received from this person. And that's why he's Hayav. Now, if he didn't have any other money in the pocket, only what this person put in his pocket, then he knows how much he got from this person, and he realized that he gave him back for the, the whatever he stole from him, and therefore he'd be patur. Now, this is Rashi's Perush. There is a reef, and was brought in the Ravad, Rashba, uh, the exact opposite. If the person didn't have money, then he doesn't know to, to look into his pocket because he, doesn't, he knows he doesn't have any money. So therefore, you're, you're still responsible. But if he did have money, then once you put money in there, he's going to count and he's going to realize and therefore he's not responsible anymore. Next, Mishnah. One is not allowed to buy from a shepherd wool, milk, or kid goats. Could be he stole it from whatever he was supposed to be watching. And same thing, if someone's supposed to be watching fruits, you cannot buy from them uh, wood and fruits. It could be they stole it. But one is allowed to buy from women uh, wool clothing in Yehuda area or linen clothing in the Galil area or calves in the Sharon area. All these things women would deal with 
and it could be it belonged to her. And in any case, if someone said, oh, just uh, hide it, don't tell anyone about this uh, sale, Asuri, now let her buy from them because it could be it was stolen. But the eggs and chickens, things that are small, that we're not worried someone's going to steal these things, you're allowed to buy from anyone, you don't have to worry about the theft. The Gemara starts, One is not allowed to buy from a shepherd. No goats, no kid goats. None of the shaved shearings. Even if it's wool that came off by itself, you're not allowed to buy from them. But if they have clothing that has been sewn, you're allowed to buy. Because that probably belongs to them. It's their clothing. They're they're selling it. Wool, no. But clothing of wool, yes. One is allowed to buy milk and cheese from shepherds in the desert because the owner is not going to go all the way to the desert to get it from them. He rather just going to give it to the shepherd, let him deal with it. On the other end, you're not allowed to buy milk and cheese from the shepherds in town because the owner is, gonna, is supposed to be getting it. And therefore, it's probably stolen. One is allowed to buy from them four or five sheep, four or five shearings of wool because you, you can't steal something that amount without the owner realizing it. So therefore, it's not stolen. But you, you, can't, uh, you can't buy from them two sheep, two shearings because a small amount could be it is stolen and the owner didn't realize. Any animal that's supposed to come back to the owner that night, you are allowed to buy because the owner is going to count them and realize if it's stolen or not. But if he is sleeping with them in the desert, then you cannot uh, you you cannot buy from them because could be it is stolen. The general rule is as follows. If the shepherd sells it and the owner could easily realize that it's missing, you could buy from them because you don't have to worry that it was stolen. But if it's something that the owner cannot realize, then you cannot buy from the shepherd. Amar more. So let's go into that Braita. We learned in the Braita, Lokhin Mehen, Arbaava Hamisha, Son Arbaava Hamisha, Gizin. You're allowed to buy from them four or five sheep, four or five shearings of wool. Hashta Yeshlomar Arbaaza Bninan, Hamisha Mibaya. If you said four, yes, five, do you even have to mention? Of course, you're allowed to buy five. So Amar Rabbi Hasda, Arbaa Mito Hamisha. Rabbi Hasda explains with him about four fifths, so such a large amount the owner would realize. Vika Damre, Amar Rabbi Hasda, Arbaa Maida Katan, Vahamesh, Maida Gadol. It all depends. It's four from a small herd, five from a large herd. Then the owner would realize, and therefore you would be able to buy. Now the Gemara has a question: Now this Brayta contradicts itself because Amart Gizin. You told me four, five sheep or shearings, meaning in Aval Shaloshlo, meaning four, five, yes. Three, no. Emma Sefa, look at the Sefa. It says, You're not allowed to buy from them two sheep. Three, yes. So which one is it? So the Gemara explains, Depends. If it's healthy, then even three is allowed because the owner would realize his three big sheep are missing. But if it's a small, skinny sheep that are not so healthy, then it's four or five. Then the owner would realize if it's missing.
Next, we saw in the Breitar Biuda Omer by Tot Lokhin Mehen, Midbariot En Lokhin Mehen. If they're supposed to come back home that night, you are allowed to buy from them because the owner is going to realize if they're supposed to sleep in the desert with them, then you, you don't buy from them because the owner is not going to realize. So, Ibaya Lehu, with the question uh, is the words of Rabbi Udar, Yudar Resha Ka'eul Humra, or Dilma Sefa Ka'eul Kula. Is he going on the Resha and he's trying to be more strict, or is he going on this, uh, the second part of the Braita and he's trying to? To be lenient, and the, the Gemara explains. Aresha ka'e ul humra. Is he going on the first part and he's being mahmir? The Amar because Tanakama said, "Look, hin mehen abav hamishas son. You will take from them four, five is sheep." And Rabbi Yehuda saying, "Hanemi led by tot, and that's only if they're supposed to come back home. Avam midbariot, I feel abav hamishas lo. But if they're sleeping desert, you can't even buy four, five in big uh, chunks. Odil ma asefa ka'e ul kula. Or is he going on the second part and he's being lenient? The Amar. Tanakama said, You're not let to buy two sheep to uh, shearings of wool. And if you that's going to be leaning that Hanemi le mid bariot. That you're not to buy two when they're sleeping in the desert. But if they're in, they're coming, they're supposed to be coming back to town, then you can even buy two because he, the owner is going to realize. So Tashema, so the Gemara tries to prove him a different Bright. You're allowed to buy sheep that are supposed to come back home, but you're not allowed to buy anything that's supposed to sleep in the desert. So everywhere, even in the desert, you're allowed to buy four or five sheep. Now, when the fact that Abiyuda said everywhere you could buy four or five uh, sheep, even in the desert, it sounds like when he said there's a difference between sleeping in town or in the desert, that's going on the second part where you're only allowed to take two sheep and he's being lenient that... That that's only if they're coming home, but if they're outside, you'll have to buy even more shmamina. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.